0: Hi, this is James Barris. I hope you find this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed to do that. Your support is greatly appreciated. So uh, if you got the announcement, um, you saw that um, I wanted to talk tonight on the secret of bringing out the best in others. At least it's my—I don't—I don't know if I call it a secret, but uh, but it's my practice that seems to have worked um, pretty much for many years. And I'm sharing this talk. Um, I shared it first earlier in the week. I met with the people who um, are in my Awakening Joy teacher training. I have a. Big Awakening Joy Course, and also uh, have I think this time there's about forty five, forty six people who are going through the course, leading groups with the material, and I meet with them every every couple of weeks, and we talk about what it's like to uh, in their groups, and also um, some aspect. Of being in the leader seat or the teacher seat, and this week it occurred to me uh, to share with them uh, this practice, and so I I shared it, and and then I had another group that I was with on um, yesterday actually, all the people who've sort cert- who've gone through certification and gone through the training and are now awakening joy teachers, and I said, oh, I meet with them every three or four months. And I said, oh, I'll I'll share it with them again. So it's really been on my mind. If you're if you've been in any of those groups, then um, um, you'll hear it again. Um, But it's it's something that's very simple and very powerful. And I and we'll get to practice it here uh, together. And I, um, I first got into this practice many years ago, when I first read "Be Here Now." I've shared many times how important that book has been uh, for me, and um, I want to get a picture. If you're listening later on on Dharma Seed, you can't see the picture, but you can just imagine a very loving, wise being. Uh, this is a picture of Neem Krali Baba, also known as Maharaji. Ramdas's guru, who somehow his spirit leapt off the pages, and uh, right into my heart. And um, he didn't have that many um, conceptual, um, verbal teachings. His teachings were very, very simple, and to the essence. And a teaching that stayed with me from many, many years, and I used to have a used to have it right on my desk, a little picture uh, that somehow is gone. Uh, The teaching was this. He said. The best form to worship God. Is every form. Hmm. A small instruction. To worship God in every form. And now, as I've said, the word God didn't always resonate with me, but the same idea, whether you call it the Dharma or um, the divinity, if you can see the divine in everything, that was his teaching. He said, go for it. And when I i thought of that i said well how how do you do that and it occurred to me well the easiest or the the way to access that is to just look for the divinity in everyone look for god in everyone or more simply put look for the goodness in everyone and that's what I did. It it wasn't so foreign to me, but I had never quite put it in those simple terms before. Oh, you just look for the good in everyone. In India, when people greet each other, uh, they put their hands together, their palms together, and they say namaste. And namaste is really... Um the divine i the divine in me sees the divine in you where we are both one, and that was the that's been the practice for some time to just keep looking for the good. This was in the early seventies when I first got acquainted with uh, Maharaji and and those teachings. And I was a school teacher. Uh, I'd taught fifth grade and sixth grade in New York City for a number of years. And that became my practice for myself, that at the beginning of each year, I would look for and find, try to find, the key to every child's heart in my class. Usually there were about 30 to 34 kids in the class. This is in Astoria, Queens. And at the start of the year, that was the goal that I set for myself. Okay, can I find and see every child's heart and just have them feel safe enough to open up and just be their beautiful selves and with some kids it was it wasn't work at all you, you know as i as i often say you you almost had to wear sunglasses shades because their their light was so bright but a lot of kids that wasn't natural to them they they learned other ways to get attention and so it would be a, maybe a little bit more challenging and maybe it was a a quiet encounter just the two of us but that was the goal that i set for myself and um by and large it seemed to work when i was a, when i was teaching there I, it was um it was a very conservative school uh, it was a very conservative neighborhood i should say Uh, in Queens, New York, ultra-conservative. And I had long hair and a beard and played the guitar. So when they got into my class, it was different. Oh, we're in Mr. Barris's class. Okay. And um, so they, mostly they wanted to be there. So I had that going for me. But still, okay, how could I just really... have every kid shine. I had a reasonable batting average, not every everyone, but mostly it worked. And I've been doing that ever since. And it's a great practice to just keep looking for the good in the, in the teachings, the Buddhist teachings, We take refuge. We take refuge in the Buddha, the Buddha within. And if I take refuge not just in the Buddha within, but I see, oh, there's a Buddha in everyone, and I'm taking refuge in each person's Buddha nature, or the Buddha right inside of them, or you could also call it the Kingdom of God, or um, the the still small voice or the Christ within, whatever word you call it, um, there is that divinity. So taking refuge in the Buddha here and in the Buddha there, I would look, I look for the Buddha in everyone. Uh, taking refuge in the Dharma is also taking refuge that life has given me this human being to relate to to see if I can um, wake up and have us both feel and appreciate the connection. And taking refuge in the sangha of community, we're in community. And when people come, say they sit on a retreat, and if you've been on retreats at Spare Rock, you know that uh, every few days, you come into a practice meeting and share what your experience is and it doesn't matter if somebody's having a meltdown or if they're in in bliss and ecstasy even if they're having a meltdown my practice is still to go deeper than that that place that's activated and triggered And I'm speaking to the Buddha in that person. And the way it generally works is when you do have that kind of an attitude, you help bring it out of that person, even if they're not, they don't see the Buddha in them. I've shared this before. You know, when you're, if you're around somebody and they are at ease within themselves and they're just looking for and seeing your beauty inside seeing your goodness if you know that somebody you're with is looking and tuning into your goodness how does that feel probably pretty good doesn't it because you relax you feel at ease and it's like that that energy from them is, is helping awaken that sense of ease and uh, presence with you, within you. And so it's just that life or loving or kindness meeting itself and waking itself up through you. Very different than if you're around somebody who might be looking at you and judging or having some kind of um, negative thoughts about you. You can feel that, can't you? You can pick it up when somebody is not feeling say where you're not feeling safe around somebody well then how do you feel you feel a bit defensive you feel protective and you don't get to shine in the same way so i've been doing that practice for many years uh looking for the good that was my way of putting neem crowley baba's um, instructions of seeing God in every form uh, into practice
1: mm. and when you're you're
0: doing it that way, then it's really clear when you have that connection you just think and we'll we'll be practicing it in a little in a few moments when you have that connection with someone where you're just both at ease and enjoying the company and relax. And there's that warm feeling of, of delight and love or warmth between you. The, the feeling that you share, who does it belong to? Is it yours? Is it theirs? It's both of yours or it's, Neither of yours, you're just kind of sharing this field of well-wishing, of kindness and metta, or you could say even love. And it doesn't belong to anybody. So it's not like you're saying, yo, oh, I'm going to beam that person with my unconditional love and they'll get it. It's just love finding itself through each of each of you. And that goes also for when somebody is difficult. It's a bit easier. It's a lot easier when there's somebody who you're with, who you just naturally feel relaxed and at at ease with or delight in their company. That's why we love being around our friends but others that we don't feel as naturally at ease with that's a whole other story that's where where the metta practice really comes into into play if you've ever done metta on a retreat how any how many people have done metta on retreat metta practice on retreat yeah so, you know, you go through all of the, the categories and you go through yourself and a benefactor and a dear friend and a neutral person. And then there's the advanced practice, meta for the difficult. Okay. And there's a way that you can play around with that as well. And it's... Not getting in the way of your judgments and just imagine seeing them through the eyes of a really high being. I'll share with you a story, but when I first had a profound experience of metta for the difficult, this is in a, a long practice period of, of metta. I was at IMS and uh, was doing a six week practice period of loving kindness and the, the other three Brahma Viharas. And I got to the difficult person, and this person—I mean, they were a Dharma practitioner, so they were—they were not a, a bad person. They just had different ways and a style that was—that was difficult for me. Um, they could be kind of complaining and just kind of—I didn't feel particularly safe around them and uh, it wasn't at an ease. So, okay, this is my difficult person. All right, here we go. And I was practicing for a day or so with them. And, okay, I know they're good. It's just really hard for me to see it. And then in this one sitting, I played with the idea of being the Dalai Lama you know, your mind can go anywhere. So I figure, Oh, why, why not just imagine I was the Dalai Lama. Um, and I had let go of trying to do, uh, do it for the difficult person at this particular time. Oh, I wonder how he sees everybody. And in my mind, as I was doing this, um, If you've ever been around the Dalai Lama, each person, if it's if there's enough time, uh, goes up with a with a scarf, a kata, and they give it to the Dalai Lama and he takes it and then he blesses it and he uh, he gives it back to you. So there I was as the Dalai Lama. And there was a long receiving line of people at the end of my lecture a good lecture filled with love. And I'm seeing in my mind's eye, in this line, a few people away, is my difficult person, right? I thought, oh, okay. And this is all in my mind's eye in this sitting. And all of a sudden that person was right in front of me and as the Dalai Lama, the words that came out of my mouth silently was, oh, you're a Buddha too. And in a moment, I just felt genuine warmth and love and just seeing the goodness in this person. And I, they smiled and I gave them the kata. And it was really a, Uh, A a very memorable moment that if I look hard enough, perhaps I can see the goodness in, in people that are difficult for me. Now, that is not to say I can do it with everyone. And there are some people, the advanced practice is people who are not Dharma practitioners and who are... Um, perhaps people in power that we have some difficulty with, who are mean-spirited or who are knowingly hurting others, that's very advanced practice. And so in seeing the good in that being, it's not that you're liking them that's not realistic oh I like this person and the way they are in the world but rather to see the divinity in them as well sometimes it can help to imagine them as little children before they learned whatever conditioning that caused them to be who they are and how they are in the world. Or sometimes I'll imagine them with their dog or cat or with their child and maybe they still have a little bit of warmth in them. Whether or not that's so, for me, it's a practice to at least not meet them with hatred to, uh, not, mm, to not let my anger and frustration spill out into, uh, into wishing them harm. That doesn't mean not wishing them justice. Justice is different than hatred. Um, and I'm reminded of a a saying in Taoism that might make sense uh, around this for you. There's this teaching that says uh, when a when a wise person hears the Tao, that is the great perfection of life, the way of things. When a wise person hears the Tao they practice diligently. When a mediocre or middling person hears the Tao, they wobble or they waver. When a foolish person hears the Tao, they laugh. And yet, if such a one did not laugh, then the Tao would not be the Tao. I'll say it again. When a wise person hears the Tao, they practice diligently. When a middling person, mediocre person, is the the way it's it, the translation is, hears the Tao, they waver. When a foolish person hears the Tao, they laugh. And yet, if such a one did not laugh, the Tao would not be the Tao. That this world is comprised of all kinds of human beings with all kinds of temperaments. It's comprised of joy and sorrow and love and hatred and sunrises and sunsets and tsunamis and volcanoes. It's made up of life feeding on life so it's seeing a much bigger picture and even in that picture everything belongs and everyone belongs and so it's my um intention to see the divinity to see the god in every form the best form to worship god is every form it all belongs Okay, so now I'd I'd like to have us try out this practice, okay? And to do this, uh, it will help if you have your camera on. Well, you don't have to have your camera on to do it, but if you want to participate fully, then have your camera on. Uh, And what I'd like you to do is look at somebody on this screen. Maybe somebody that you don't know so well, or maybe somebody that you uh, maybe you've seen before, but don't have a particular um, energy one way or another, either really liking to look at them or to see them oh they are so and so or um not liking or whatever and pin that person that is go to the upper right hand corner of their slot of their cell i should say and Those three dots go to the drop-down menu and pin that person so that they're filling your screen. And we're going to do a little practice in seeing the Buddha in this person in front of you. And I'll take you through a little bit of a guided practice as we do this. Okay, if you do have your camera on, uh, know that someone is likely doing this and using you as their mm, love object, their meta object. I could say it like that. Maybe that'll be a little easier. And um, just look at this person, everybody. okay? I just want to make sure everybody has um, has somebody that you're not lost there might I'm going to put on gallery and everybody okay anybody not able to do this okay so look at this person in front of you you might not have ever seen this face before but just imagine if you will all the gifts that this person has to offer the world. Maybe their kindness or their caring, their playfulness, or maybe they have talents and creativity or intelligence, or just imagine all the qualities that this person has and imagine that the happier they are the more those qualities shine through so just wish them well and we'll do a little bit of metta practice this is a this is a four part exercise so first looking at this person's gifts what you might imagine they might be you might see them in a moment of smiling or being with a friend or um just having expressing their care or their goodness and um just send them some thoughts like oh may you may you be happy and may you see and know all the goodness inside of you
1: may you share your love well I wish you happiness.
0: If you can get in touch with those words, just the meaning behind them. And as you're extending those kinds of thoughts, now go inside. You can close your eyes for a moment. And Notice what it feels like to wish somebody well. Imagine their goodness and wish them well. Notice how it feels in your body. In your mind and in your heart. This is the divine abode of Metta of well-wishing of kindness. Take a nice deep breath and open your eyes again. Now, look at this person through a slightly different lens. This person that you're looking at has known difficult times in their life, they've known loss, they've known disappointment. They've known sorrow. They've known tears. And this person knows suffering. And as you're getting in touch with that fact, just notice what it evokes in you. and send them some thoughts of compassion. May you hold your sorrow with compassion. And as I'm looking at you right now, I care. May you be free of suffering or heal through your
1: suffering whatever words work for you okay and you can close your eyes
0: and get in touch with that feels like <clears throat> what that feels like to tune into They're suffering with care, compassion. How it feels in your body. How it feels in your mind
1: and in your heart. This is the divine abode of karuna, of compassion. Okay, now take a
0: nice breath. And we'll look a third time.
1: This person you're looking at has known success
0: and joy and has laughed many times. You might imagine them what they're like when they laugh.
1: This person has known real happiness They've known delight, they've known success. Just imagine them in that
0: that phase and
1: delight in it. May your happiness continue, may your happiness grow. Just seeing that
0: when that's coming out of them, there's a bit more happiness in the world.
1: May your happiness continue and grow. Okay, and you can close your eyes once again.
0: Notice how that feels to delight in somebody else's happiness.
1: How it feels in your your body, in your mind, in your heart. This is the happiness of mudita, of appreciative joy. Joy in the happiness of others. Okay, and now you can take a,
0: another breath, nice deep breath. And we'll look one, one last time.
1: This person you're looking at has known many ups and
0: downs, highs and lows, has learned the lessons that they're supposed to learn in this lifetime. Through their sorrows and through their joys.
1: They've become a deeper. More conscious being.
0: And just see them in that way. Wish them balance as they go through life through all the ups and downs, and you have balance as you're looking at them. No need to change them or fix them. Simply, I honor your journey. May you keep on learning and growing through your journey, through all the ups and downs. And no need for you to try to make it any different for them.
1: I honor your journey. Okay, and you can go inside.
0: Notice what that feels like to let go of any agenda. Still caring, but not needing to change. This is the
1: well-being of Upeka Equanimity Notice what it feels like inside in your body in your mind and in your heart And
0: before we end this just notice how many different ways there is to see somebody more deeply than just a a passing face that that you see in a moment. Each person has their own story. So I invite you to open your eyes and look at them one last time and just see
1: their goodness and wish them well this human being that
0: has a lot to give to the world, a lot of kindness and caring, and just see that, wish them well. And they don't know that you're doing it, but notice how good it feels to just see, see them in that way. if you did have your camera on just take in the likelihood that somebody was doing that for you and seeing who you really are so it's letting it in as much as sending it out that's a whole other practice Uh, okay so now you can unpin that person you can go to the upper left hand corner where it says remove pin likely and Then you can go back to gallery view so you can see everyone. And before we open it up to.
1: Conversation, just wish everyone. Well. Who are. Wishing you well, too.
0: It's a good way to go through life. If it's not something that naturally comes to you, I really recommend you trying it this week and just see if you can if you can bring it out, just wake up people's goodness just by looking for it. Okay, so now we can open up to conversation if you'd like um let me change the view on here. So if anybody has any observations, anything they want to ask or say, um, you
1: can just unmute yourself. or Raise your hand. What was that like?
0: Well, another way to do it, by the way, here, I'll open up the chat box and you can put it in the chat box if you have any comments, what it was like, but if anything comes to mind that we can have some little dialogue
1: about, then... we can talk to.
0: Mm-hmm. My person is one of the most lovable ones in the world. You saw. Mhm. Ah. you see And um yeah. Fred, you got your hand up. Great. Yeah. Hi. Um, As the tears are flowing now, it reminds me of um, the closing circles of retreat.
1: When I uh, get to that, uh, the tears start flowing too, and that's uh, how I feel right now.
0: Oh, lovely. Hmm. It's kind of interesting, isn't it? You're just kind of looking at somebody a little bit more deeply and... It's not that remote or inaccessible mm. lovely. What was it like for you when you beside that that evoked the tears um, as I said, it was like uh being coming to the closing circle and and all of the The retreat kind of uh, comes up for me at at once and joy with all the people in the room. uh,
1: Mm. Okay. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Anyone else? Yeah, Uh, Maggie. Hi.
1: In Australia. You unmute. Here you go. Um, they, the, the person just glowed. They were just glowing. They were really shone. Yeah, mm. it was beautiful practice. Mm. Mm. And they, were
0: they glowing? What do you think the glow is about?
1: It's it just, yeah, like you can, um, I guess the, the Buddha within, um, it really does feel like sort of you, you I could really sense their sort of, their goodness. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And
0: likely if they were doing it with somebody, then that helps the glow as well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it yeah. Works both ways. Yeah, you glow when you're when you're sending out uh warm warm feelings too. Mm. But it's uh it's not that hard to see the glow if you're able to take time to look.
1: Mm. Mm. Yeah, thank you. Thanks. Anyone else?
0: Any questions, any any challenges with
1: it and Anything? Uh, Normandy. Hi, nice to see you. Yeah, unmute, there you go. You got it? Wait, somehow
0: I'm not hearing. Oh, there you go.
1: I um, really loved the practice so much. The more I was with my person, the more I fell in love with them—them, them, him, her, they—and mm-hmm. <laughs> I wanted to know them better. And I imagined having tea with them. And I particularly loved the "I honor your journey, the ups and downs" because that was so freeing from. Mm-hmm to fix anything or change anything. It was um, really liberating.
0: So mm. Beautiful. Well, you've got a lot of people to practice with these <laughs> next, <this> next week <laughs> and this ne- this lifetime. <laughs> Thanks.
1: Thank you. Any last comment before we go? okay well it's one thing
0: to hear a talk about it it's a whole other to say oh okay i'm gonna try it out so for me a lot of times practice is just having a little experiment with myself just a little challenge oh i wonder what would happen if and i invite you this week to just Practice. I wonder what would happen if I kept looking for the good in everyone, if I made it a practice to see them and bring out the Buddha in them. You know, no failing this. And it's not like you're going to work it with everybody. I'm, I'm just remembering when uh, when Jane and I, uh, a number of years ago, we we um, when I was teaching in Finland And we decided to go to um, Russia, to St. Petersburg, because it's a beautiful city. I'd been hearing about about it. My 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 family is from Russia, Ukraine, actually. Uh, But people there don't smile, at least it's not their way. It's not every culture has its own personality. And not that everybody is like this in every culture, in each culture, but in St. Petersburg, it's rare when you see somebody who's walking down the street smiling or going behind uh, behind a counter or wherever uh, you are. So this was my practice, you know, and I said, okay, I'm gonna see how many people I can get to smile. There was nothing to lose, but it was just a little game I played, and some you had to work a little bit. You know? But when people could feel it, they often smiled. It it, it if it was the right exchange and uh, a server in a in the in a restaurant uh, or behind a. a, a a um a counter in in a shore in a in a shop or a store um so that was my little game and i invite you to play a little game and melt people with your meta and we're not as hard in st as in st petersburg i think for most places even if you're far and wide, unless there's some people here who are in in, uh, you know, in a culture where that doesn't it's not a usual thing. Uh, you can break that ice. You can melt that ice uh, with just just beam them and see their goodness and send them
1: some meta and see what you get back. What do you got to lose?